listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Oh, my gosh. That was pretty normal. Well, yeah, it was pretty normal. That was like a Thanksgiving hangover introduction. <laughs> it is It is post-Thanksgiving apocalypse week, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really we didn't really have like a any kind of major flubs. No, it was a, it, for us it was a great Thanksgiving as far as schedule and eating and family and all that stuff. It worked out really good. It was a great day. Yeah, you know, I think that the strategy for us on Thanksgiving worked really well. What you know, having breakfast in the morning and getting a good breakfast in before we went to anybody's house. That way, you know, you just walk in. You're like, hey, you got some turkey and some ham. I'll eat some of that. We brought some stuff and then called it good. I was great all day. Yeah, I mean, you brought meatballs, so we had meat to eat. Carnivore fat bombs. Carnivore fat bombs, as well as a. A pie. I don't know what it was. It was some witchcraft pie. I don't know what it was going on. <laughs> it was. I got that recipe off of ruledme.com. It's the, just the chocolate keto silk or keto chocolate silk pie. It's really good. I've made it two years in a row. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely delicious. I can't be bothered to come up with my own recipes right now. I'm too busy. <laughs> so I just use other people's recipes. Well, and that, it that's, was really good. That's great. So if you went through Thanksgiving and, and you didn't have a great Thanksgiving, or hopefully you did, but you're coming up on all the rest of the holidays, you know, use that as your tool. You know, bring stuff you can eat, a, a main dish and a dessert, and you're going to be just fine. Yeah. And, I mean, it was so easy. We just had breakfast and made sure we were full before we left, and then we snacked a little, and we had dessert with everybody. My mom even took a piece of pie home with her. And if my mom will eat your keto pie, then you're doing something right. So, <laughs> so yeah. she's the pie queen. So I hope everybody had a great week and you're getting back in your routine this week. Uh, we had So Thanksgiving week for us, we didn't have a podcast. This is episode 34, by the way. Oh, yeah. We throw that in there. We throw that every once in a while. We didn't do one uh, last week. Why? Well, because well, we're lazy. <laughs> well, that was the day we had to take a kid to the airport, and it was just, you know, no, it wasn't Monday. Yeah, no, it, it was. was it? it was. We, what happened was we got up and we did a, a long run. Yeah. I don't know why we're having to explain this. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. We didn't do one. <laughs> we're just lazy, basically, all, all it works out to. Um, we did have a busy day. We usually do it on Mondays, and that Monday turned out to be busy, and we just... You know, we didn't catch up and we didn't stress about it. We didn't... No, we didn't stress out about it. We enjoyed our holiday like we hope you did. And uh, then we went and did something really fun. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we made we made a, a major life decision. We it jo- was... We joined a gym. We did. <laughs> so We broke down and put down some funds and joined a gym. Well, they so what they did to us, and this is unfair, they built a lifetime fitness 
I say close to us. It's 20 minutes away. Nothing is close to us. Nothing's close to us. But I have to drive by it like every day. I know. And it's like torture. I know. I look at the people. In fact, there were a few times, I think, if anybody remembers the old Mervyn's commercials where the girl was at the window going, <laughs> open, 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 open. That was me, like, at our in our car going, I love it. I wish I could live there. <laughs> and finally, we just made the decision to cut back on a few other things. Yeah, so we made some financial adjustments to justify the cost, you know, uh, economically, we're like, well, if we cancel this and we get rid of that, and then we, uh, you know, we we make just about save enough money to where we can justify the the monthly membership because it's not cheap. No, it's it it's not cheap because I mean, but we are talking about you and me, and we think cheap is like if it's free or you actually pay <laughs> us for it. That's cheap. But it's an, you know, look at it this way: it's an investment, and we have you know the holidays are coming up, and we kind of made the pact with each other that okay, here's the deal. Let's not buy each other anything uh, that we don't need for Christmas, and we're coming up on our anniversary as well. And let's take that money and invest it in our health and get a membership. And it's not a contract, so if you don't like it, you can cancel it any time. It's not we like your stuff. We have no affiliation with Lifetime Fitness other than we just like it a lot, like a really a lot. I yeah. like it a lot. Well, there, there are <laughs> a, a couple of things, and and we have an outside gym out here with plenty of weights that we can work out with. Uh, you're kind of restricted. There's some movements and some cool exercises that you can't do. Right. But uh, the main thing that I was looking for was recovery because they have a steam sauna. They have a dry sauna. They have a hot tub. They have a pool. Um, and there's a lot of uh, – they have these great machines you can stretch on. Oh, those are really like medieval torture devices, which I love. Yeah, they are. Like, they're, it, they're, from the, they're actually from the Inquisition. But They brought them in. <laughs> they brought them in. Yeah. They stretch you out. But they're really good for, for stretching and recovery. And and uh, so we joined on Friday. Yeah. And this, we've been every day. Every day. <laughs> if I look at my app, it's like, you've been every day. <laughs> so so for us, it's been, it was, it was an expense, but something that we're confident that we're going to use and, you know, get some stuff out of it. Right. And so if you're going into the holiday season and you're looking at, I guess my, my parents always said, you'll find time for what you want to do and you'll make arrangements financially for what you want to do. And we kind of did that. So if you're going into this holiday season, maybe you've been wanting to do something like get something like a gym membership for yourself. Look at what you could maybe do without that you don't need. It's just a, a life tip from two old people. <laughs> well, it's it's fun. And and the other thing, the other component of it is you you get out and you meet other people. I've had so much fun talking to people in the sauna. I'm just a chatty Kathy in there. I'm just like, there's people. I like you people. So, yeah, in the women's sauna, I'm like, I'm sorry for all the people that are in here, but I'm going to be talking to you while you're in here. Yeah, well, so if you're looking at getting in shape or, or going down that path, you know, getting a gym membership is a great way to do it because it's something you paid for. So you're going to want to get your money's worth, so you're going to take advantage of it. Yeah, and you mentioned the sauna. So that was something that we wanted to kind of talk about a little bit today within recovery. Mm -hmm. It was the sauna aspect. And not everybody can afford to go and maybe get a gym membership or has a gym that has a sauna nearby. Maybe they don't have a lifetime fitness. 
and their gym doesn't have that sort of thing, but you can get some of the same effects. We've talked about the lymphatic system before on our episode five about detoxing, Mm -hmm. and it's really important, especially this time of year when maybe you did indulge, to go back, listen to that episode, pick up some of those tips, and we can talk about a, a little bit right now some things you can do too, besides sauna, to get some detox going in your body from all the crap you might have been eating. Yeah, there's a lot of great benefits in doing sauna, uh, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes at, I think, 160 to 180 is what they recommend. But Degrees? Yeah, degrees. Fahrenheit? Fahrenheit. For anybody that might be international listening. I feel like that was like, hi, Japanese, hi, <laughs> Fahrenheit, hi. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I, we've enjoyed it so far. It's really been cool. I feel I feel like that kind of was the missing component in some of the recovery that we were, we, we were doing. I mean, uh-huh. we sleep well. We get plenty of sleep, trust me, and we we roll out and and stretch. But adding the steam and the sauna and some other machines really felt like it took recovery to another level because I have been suffering from a calf strain because right. because I'm old and well, I was I was running hard. I was running and I was running with you know the young kids that I train trying to do some 400 meter repeats and man I strained the Dickens out of my calf the Charles Dickens the Charles Dickens yes. Yeah, I had great. Well, it's holidays. Come I had on. great expectations it would get better. <laughs> oh my God, this is going. Sorry. Well, it didn't. So it's been. Of course, it's only been about a week, but I strained it, and man, it just it would not get better, and it kept getting worse. And we went and did a uh, a class at our new gym. <laughs> because when we walked in and we were like, "Hey, it's our first day," they were like, "Come to this class. We're going to sign you up," and we can't say no. So we went, and it was a really fun one-hour beating. Yeah, it was. But I couldn't do everything because my, my calf hurt so bad. Um, and that's frustrating when you're trying to do things you want to do, and you can't because you're injured or you hurt or yeah, you know whether you're sick or just not feeling well. It's frustrating. So, uh, And I'm very impatient with my injuries, as, you, as we know. all know. So um, uh, the sauna felt like it kind of helped recovery a bit. I think it really does. I'm, I, I noticed a few things myself after going to the sauna for a few days now that when I get out of that, I need to keep moving because after the sauna, I'm ready for bed. I'm like, is it time to go to bed yet? Because I'm so relaxed. It's really good for recovery except for when you do it early in the day and then you want to go to bed and just sleep. It's yes. Been, that part's been interesting, but... One thing about sauna and then getting out of the sauna is that we've incorporated getting into the cold shower afterwards, mm-hmm. and we talked about that before. The, the the hot, cold shower, getting in there and doing the shower as hot as you can for about 20 seconds and then doing as cold as you can for about 20, 30 seconds, back and forth about four or five times has, has shown to have really... Uh, good effects on the body overall on your lymphatic system. Yeah, and that's one thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit today because this has been, and ladies, you're going to understand if you suffer from this, this has been the, the hard thing for me over the years is at 47, pretty much since I was a young teenager, I've had an issue with cellulite. So the lymphatic system, you know, when you're young, you're just told, oh, you can't do anything about cellulite, it's hereditary. Um, you get it from your parent, your mom or whatever. <laughs> Thanks, mom. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is not true. No, it's not true. And that 
then they try to sell you all these potions and creams to rub on it. And here, put this caffeine cream on your leg. Yep. Well, why is it a caffeine cream? So what I've learned as a nutritionist over the years is that it's directly related to the poor fats that I ate growing up. Um, the Crisco, the bad oils, and all the all those industrial oils that came on the scene. And then that gets like clogged up in your lymphatic system and it creates that pucker look, which we all know is cellulite. And it's just kind of like trapped crap in your lymphatic system because your lymphatic system is is basically like the garbage dump of your body. It's supposed to, all the toxins dump, all, all the crap dumps out into your lymphatic system and it's supposed to drain and then leave your body. Um, we won't get like real deep into that, but... I was told, oh, yeah, you can't do anything about cellulite. I have noticed a really, really awesome decrease in the level of cellulite that I have. Mm-hmm. I, I've noticed that as well. Just we were outside the other day, and, and I was watching you lift the truck, put it up and down. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wow, she doesn't have as much cellulite as she used to. Oh, and, what, and she's lifting the truck. What? <laughs> I went and lived in the truck. But it, what was funny was I mentioned it, and I thought it was funny and also very sweet that you were like, I noticed it, but I didn't say anything. <laughs> because guys know, like, they're like, I, I noticed it, but do I say, hey, you have less cellulite? Because then it's like, I noticed you had cellulite. Yeah, that's like... So it's like, a, you can't win. That's like Occam's razor. Like, you're walking this razor thin line of, I want to make a compliment, but... Ooh, wow. Do I really want to bring up the subject of cellulite? That's bad. Yeah, I know. You you were just in a no-win situation. But (laughs) what was funny was I brought it up, and you were like, yeah, I noticed that. And then we talked about it. But it has been a really interesting thing because I thought, I'll just never get rid of that. And you see very thin people with cellulite. You do, yeah. So it's not like you have to be overweight to have cellulite. Most people know that. You know, you'll see celebrities, and they're like, I don't look at my cellulite. Or they're like, yeah, I've got cellulite, so what? So, you know, it's one of those things. Can you get rid of it? Yes. How do you get rid of it? Well, you start moving the lymphatic system and get rid of the crappy fats, which most of our listeners are probably already keto. And they know what our bad fats. What bad fats are. Industrialized cooking oils that they use at basically every restaurant on the planet. Yeah, you know, and that's what we tell people. Even when you go out to eat, if you go to a really nice place, you're still subjecting yourself to some pretty crappy oils. And that is the stuff that clogs up that lymphatic system. It is. And I've just found it so awesome. I'm so excited that it's kind of like at 47, it's finally diminishing. Well, it's probably all the muscle you're packing in your legs, too. They're very- I'm working out. <laughs> that helps, too. For anybody listening, build muscle. That'll stretch the skin, make it a little tighter, it'll look a little better. Yeah, it does. And, you know, all the things we do, the sauna, if you can't do sauna, do hot, cold showers, dry skin brushing. We talked about all this in episode five. You can do jump rope. You can get on mini tramp. You just want to move the lymphatic system. And if you listen to five, you'll know it, it runs along with your vascular system, your veins, it runs right along with it, but it doesn't have a heart to pump it. So you have to pump it. That's why it's so important to move. People will say, well, you don't have to exercise, but you kind of do because you have to move that trash out of your body. Yeah. Exercise, whether whether you're lifting weights or just jogging or walking or wherever that is, it's all good for you for moving that lymphatic system. 
Um, something else we got a question on this uh, last week was, and this kind of is a is a really broad subject, but it was on the bioavailability of nutrients opposed to animals and plants. Right, and I know we've talked about some of this stuff before, but you know when someone asks, what's the difference between a bioavailable nutrient and one that's not so bioavailable? I always like to pull out the example of iron mm-hmm. because there's two forms. One that's really easy to absorb and one that's very difficult to absorb. So you've got your heme iron and your non-heme iron. Pretty easy to remember. Heme, non-heme. Heme, non-heme. Now, I don't even know what that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, know either. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like, a, like the old Jewish guy. Huh, I'm an that's accountant. That's what it was. It sounded like a, an old Jewish man. I'm going to do your taxes. Huh? On a bagel? <laughs> that's my... That's my older Jewish guy imitation. I liked it. I don't know why they're all accountants, but they are. I don't know. Yeah. They're good business people. They're I good guess. business is people. Is that a stereotype? I don't want to play into stereotypes. If, if I want to be stereotyped as anything, I want to be stereotyped as a good business person. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. okay, so back, back to, to Heem. Back, back to Heme. Heme. <laughs> I can't stop myself now. Oh, no. Um so yeah, bioavailability uh, and, and looking at animals and plants. We always talk about uh, you know diet. The keto diet is a nutrient-dense diet. There's a lot of nutrients in it, and people will categorize it as they'll hear the word diet, and they'll think of weight loss. Right. And that's not what the keto diet is about. The, the keto diet is, is about switching non-nutrient foods like pasta and bread and um, starchy foods that are not sugar. high. Sugar. Getting those getting out of your diet, and then going to nutrient dense food, which is butter, meat, um, quality vegetables. If you're going to eat vegetables, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. And so what you're doing is you're taking the the low quality foods and adding high quality foods. Seems like a no brainer. It seems like it's a pretty easy, right? I know. But people will bash. They'll tell you, and we talked about this before we came on about dietitians telling uh, pregnant women to, oh no, don't do that keto diet. And the only thing that I have found across the interwebs that they will typically say is that it's not the right time to diet. Mm -hmm. And it's just that word diet that throws people off so hard. I mean, there's just like, it's not the time to try to lose weight. The keto diet is not all about weight loss. It is a side benefit to the keto diet. It is not actually the main benefit to a keto diet. The main benefit to a keto diet is improved health overall. And you lose weight on the side and you get your body to that happy weight balance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just that stigma of it has the word diet. They think it's all about weight loss and they tell a pregnant person not to do it, which is absolutely crazy i know it blows your mind because again like we said you're taking out the bad foods adding in good foods that are more nutrient dense so you can eat less food but get more nutrients yeah it's like win-win it's like when you go to olive garden we'll just we'll just use olive garden as an example and what do they bring out right off the bat hot breadsticks hot breadsticks which are delicious. I'm not going to say they're not. I don't eat them, but I used to eat a lot of them. Yeah. And so you're filling up on a food that basically has no nutrients. There's no nothing good in your body. Not a thing. Okay. Then you're going to have some pasta. <laughs> you're going to eat a lot of that. It's going to bloat your belly. And then and now, if you, even if there was a meat dish or some vegetables that were that accompanied your food, you're going to eat very little of those. 
because you're bloated from the bread and the pasta. Yeah. So what happens is, and that if you look at that diet, is you're eating you know food that have basically no nutrients and eating little of the food that has a lot of nutrients. And this is not you can't argue this. People can't look at red meat and go, oh, there's no nutrients in red meat. There's tons of nutrients in red meat. Absolutely. And what's funny is that I was reading um, some what I call mommy blogs earlier <laughs> because they're they're you know they're just people's opinions. And they were saying, you know, it's not the time, being pregnant is not the time to do a keto diet. But then there's, you know, scientific evidence that if you want to become pregnant, and we've actually had clients who this has happened to. Oh, yeah. That had trouble getting pregnant, went on a keto diet, and ended up, wow, two months later, pregnant. And everything that I read online was like, you should do a low-carbohydrate diet to get pregnant. But then the next article would be like, but don't eat a keto diet while pregnant. It's very dangerous. But it was like, to get pregnant, you need to do this diet because guess what? High carb diets actually decrease sperm count and make an uninhabitable environment for a fetus in the womb. It makes it hard for the embryo to attach to the uterine wall. And... I just think it's so hilarious that the very thing that can get you pregnant would then be, they would turn around and say, but don't do it after you're pregnant. Right. It's, it's a, you know, and I don't want to bash all dietitians, but I'm going to go ahead and bash some of them is they talk out two sides of their face all the time. You know, they'll tell you that you, um, (laughs) they'll tell you that, uh, you need to reduce calories to lose weight, but then they tell you to work out more and then, but that's going to make you hungry. But when you get hungry, you need to eat these nutrient uh, deficient foods like pasta and beans and bread. Right. You know, well, like, hey, it, make it, sure it's it, whole grain. Make sure it's whole grain. Yeah, come on. It, yeah, eat your fiber. No. So, but what's funny is if you eat a keto diet, which is nutrient dense, you naturally just lean towards eating less food. Exactly. And so when we were talking, we can kind of skirt back now to the nutrients that are bioavailable are not as bioavailable. And we look at like heme, iron. At, you know, heme iron versus non-heme iron. And where do those come from? Heme iron, like you said, is bioavailable. It comes from, guess where? A really great source is red meat. And then non-heme iron is going to be in something like, let's say, spinach. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be in something that's been fortified with iron. And they've added an iron supplement to something like, let's say, flour. Right. Anytime you read something that's been fortified, that just coincides with not bioavailable. And those things are really, really difficult for your body to break down and absorb or change into the absorbable form. So like, let's say you have non-heme iron from spinach. Your body has to go through a process to change that into an absorbable form of iron, or that iron can actually get blocked into tissues. And that's something that what we now know is that non-heme iron and that high ferritin level in the body, like getting deposited in tissues, can actually cause some cardiovascular issues and cause the hardening of the arteries and things like that. Whereas the the bad label, the evil label has been placed on meat, but it's the most bioavailable form of iron that we have. I know, and your body is set up to break down meat. And to go back to, I just read this article yesterday where 
Um, somebody was talking about the fortified, uh, refined flour that's fortified with folate. That fortified folate actually will block B12 absorption. It's just crazy. Yeah, so now we go back to my, my, my Olive Garden example. Um, you know, if you're eating that refined flour, pasta, and, and, and bread. Yeah, so you've had the breadsticks. You've had the big, huge bowl of endless pasta. Maybe a couple of them because it was endless. Because it was endless, <laughs> you know. And now you're blocking absorption of something that you have to have. If you're low on B12, you're going to be one moody person. Yeah, I know. And, I mean, it's just crazy because you're eating all the foods that will not be actually used for anything except for raising your blood sugar. That's really what, that's what the end result is. You eat all the pasta, you get really sleepy. Why is that? Your blood sugar went way up and then it came crashing way back down and now you're exhausted and tired. Not exhausted and tired. And and so, you don't have any B12 for energy or to make red blood vessel or red blood cells. So it's just like this yeah, so vicious cycle anemic. people yeah. Yeah, vicious cycle people get on. So, and, and that's, uh, you know, the, the bioavailability. And we talked about pregnant people and, you know, women getting pregnant. And they say, okay, keto to get pregnant, but while you're pregnant, don't eat keto. Now you have a child. How should you feed the child? That's the next step in the process. Man, this is an area where I just lose my mind. So, I, and again, I read, a, I, I read a lot. I read a lot of stuff with the internet. Uh, <laughs> but this was a... Uh, this was a uh, a uh, article in the Journal of Nutrition, uh-huh. and it was about uh, you know a- animal source foods and how they affect humans as uh, over over history basically, and it gave a couple of statistics that when uh, a child is born, uh, you know, and they're they're in, within at first six months, eighty seven percent of all their energy that they intake goes towards the brain. Well, yeah, they. I mean, you look at we have a new grandson. He is. He was born on 9-11 and <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. And um, just watching him at this point, you know, he's a couple of months old now. And when you talk to him, he is trying so hard to mimic what you're doing. He's only two, two and a half months old now. And he's just trying so hard. And you know how fast they are learning. Right. And all that energy that the brain is using to try to form words and and absorb all this information around them. And and then the doctors tell you the very first thing to feed them after breast milk or Infamil, you know, some sort of like uh, baby formula, is feed them rice cereal. What? <laughs> what? What? Well, that, it goes back to, uh, you know, when, when you're trying to form a brain, what do they always say is healthy for your brain? Fatty, fatty acids or fats. Like, yeah. So your your brain is basically you know uh, floating in you know cholesterol and liquid and and so you get all those fatty acids that are up there. But then everybody will will say, oh yeah, but your brain needs glucose. And so that's where that comes from is saying that your your brain needs glucose. Well, your brain will use it. Yeah. Your brain will use it. It will use it first. It's not the primary fuel that's been proven by uh, Dr. Stephen Cunane did a test and they use ketones and glucose and they showed how the brain prefers ketones over glucose. But it does need a certain amount, but what they don't tell you is you don't have to eat carbohydrates to get that glucose. No. And we've talked about this in, in past podcasts. Of there's multiple pathways that your body will take either non-essential amino acids or convert fatty acids to glycerol and process it, and it'll make glucose for the body if it's required. So you don't have to eat carbohydrates to make glucose. That's a, that's a myth out there. It is. And when you think of a child's developing brain and how much, like, 
you know, energy you were talking about that it consumes while it's, it's growing. And to think that you would feed and encourage parents to feed their children rice first as a first food just literally gets so under my skin, it makes me absolutely crazy. And the bad part is that this is the advice I got and that I took. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And, it, you know, you can't go backwards. But if, if anyone is going to be a parent or you're a brand new parent, don't let that be the first food you give your child. Start with, you know, always say check out the Weston A. Price Foundation because they have such a good protocol for new parents to start their food, their babies on the proper foods. And it's through so much research, and it's just a great place to go to get information. But fats and proteins, that's what they need. And when you say the Weston A. Price, you know, their protocol, their research is not like wasn't done exclusively in a lab. Weston A. Price did this with children back in the 20s and 30s. He, he found children that had severe health issues, and he fed them basically uh, a lot of healthy fats, and they would turn around in the matter of days. And, you know, that drives me crazy, too, when people are like, show me a study. And I'm like, well, it's a rat study if, you're, if you want a rat study. But there, there are so many people who will say that. I need a study first. I need a study first. The studies have been done. Some of them, most of them are really, really crappy, poorly done studies. So look at people in the real world who had success with things like this, like get some information where someone actually went out into the world and did this with real people. And the Weston A. Price, he, you know, he was a dentist. If people don't know that, they're listening. You can find out a lot of information about his, they weren't experiments. They were like life-changing things where he went and visited people and You know, it's just don't look for the rat studies. Don't bank everything on that. Yeah, don't bank all of your opinions on a a randomized, controlled clinical study that could be biased in some way. And we've seen that recently. There's been uh, studies that have had to be retracted because of the biases that were involved and and the poor practices they used conducting the study. Yeah, and that's why I'm just like I'm done with that. I don't I don't need your study. I am my own study. I can eat food, see how I feel. I did my veggie experiment not long ago. I know how food affects me. It takes a while to get your body to where you can really listen to it, but you are your own best experiment. Right. And you should experiment with your food. And and we do a, a mostly, you know, animal protein carnivore diet right now because well, honestly, for me, that's what's made me feel the best. But that doesn't mean that that's what you have to do. No. As a listener, you should experiment. If you feel better eating uh, you know, more vegetables and a moderate amount of protein or fat, hey, then if you feel great, then keep doing it. Absolutely. You know, there was, um, <laughs> I always tell people too, like, if you feel great eating a paleo diet, then do that. You don't have to be keto. Um, I know that recently I've seen some information online about Paleo Magazine came out with their keto um their keto magazine like it was the definitive guide for oh, the, keto. oh one of those definitive guides yeah. to keto what what uh, to do what not to do kind yeah. of things yeah and who it's good for and who it's not good for 
And the sad part is that almost every single person that they said it wasn't good for, it actually is very good for. <laughs> I don't, so, and I don't understand how they screw that up. You know, I, and here's where at the beginning of the year where everyone is going to start looking for the newest, latest, greatest diet. Right. And they're going to be like, I need to lose weight. It's the beginning of the year. I've got to get my, my health in order. All that crap, throw it out the window. Here's the, here's the real key. Real food, real fats, real, I don't know, if you want to eat vegetables, minimize the fruit, minimize zero sugar. So protein, fats that are real fats, healthy fats, and vegetables, minimize fruit, cut out sugar. Stay hydrated. Yeah. That's the big secret. The two big things that you would have to avoid if you're thinking about health and you're just getting started is eliminating sugar altogether, like Melody said, that's that's a poison, and then getting rid of the cooking oils, the industrialized cooking oils like canola oil, vegetable oil, uh, peanut oil, um, anything, like she says, that's liquid at room temperature, you need to get it out of your kitchen. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm well, olive oil. If you want to have it, just don't cook with it. Now, this starts getting into the nitty-gritty about about different oils, but anything solid that's real, like a saturated fat, coconut, or butter, or an animal fat, cook with it all you want. If it's liquid at room temperature, do not put heat on it. That's that's really all you got to know. Mm-hmm. And, and you also have to know that anytime you go out to eat, and when I said this earlier in the podcast, but I just you have to emphasize it because I, I pe- think people just don't understand that anything you get out to eat, I don't care if it's Burger King or Chick-fil-A or Ruth Chris Steakhouse, they're using bad oils. Yeah, somebody out there is going to be like, I went to a five-star restaurant, so it's good. No, I worked at one. <laughs> they still use crappy crappy oils to make some stuff like to marinate something Mm -hmm. they're going to have a canola oil back there or there's going to be an olive oil they put heat on and it's going to totally oxidize it so you're not you're not 100 safe no matter where you go no and again that's just one of your goals goals it's a goal i've got a goal on my face that's one of your goals Uh, is to minimize your consumption of those oils because those are absolutely proven to be cancer-causing materials. Absolutely. And that's, you know, as we go into this new year, those are some of, like, our biggest tips. Watch out how much you go out to eat. Make some adjustments in your life if you have to. Um, Spend time on what's really important, like food preparation Mm -hmm. for yourself, for your family, and then, you know, watch those oils, watch that sugar, make sure you're, you're staying hydrated. It's, it's not as hard as people are making it out to be. No, and, and if, if you need some help, you say you want to do uh, keto for your, for your child and, you know, do keto for kids, uh, we got some great tips on how to switch your kid from being a, uh, a carb-addicted little uh, demon to being <laughs> a, <laughs> a, normal, a normal keto kid. And, you know, for anybody that's dealing with this, you will... The, the difference between the personality of a, of a child that eats a lot of sugar and carbs and a child that eats fats and proteins. Oh, it's night and day. It is night and day. And we've seen it firsthand uh, with uh, with one of our kids. So It is like, well, more than one. Um, I have a, we have a grown one who becomes Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> so uh, 
you know, it's it's the same with an adult too. They're just smaller. So and it, and why why does that happen? It's because you switch someone someone from eating a nutrient deficient diet to eating a nutrient dense diet, and so everything works better. Their brain does. works better. And you know, I get this question a lot from parents: How do I get my kid off of sugar? And parents, this is always <laughs> my first question. Does your kid and, have a job? And, and if it stings. Sorry, not sorry. But my first question is always, okay, where is the sugar coming from? Like, what's the source of it? I have so many people just either never call me back or (laughs) they just like, oh, okay, I see. It's me. I'm doing this. (laughs) And and you have to take responsibility as a parent for what you're feeding your child. And I know some some, uh, kids, they eat lunch at school, and that's hard to deal with because they drink like chocolate milk or... They get candy from their friends. Or the, uh, the school lunches are just crap. Yeah, school lunches. Uh, you know, they're they're regulated by the government, so it's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of carbohydrates. <laughs> it's a lot of energy, as we'll say. A lot of energy. It's a lot of yeah. energy. A lot, a lot of, of energy. Nutrient blocking foods. Right, a lot of energy, but no nutrients. Um, we I was doing some research last uh, week about uh, the military and their diet and how they label their food. And they had potatoes, and uh, over the potatoes it said high energy food. Eat lots of it. Well, it might be high energy, but there's no nutrients in there. But we also have the problem of the military is the fattest that it's ever been. (laughs) So they have a lot of energy. They have a lot of stored energy in their bellies. So when you look at that, you're like, okay, it does contain quick burning energy. But how much are you burning like daily? I mean, how much energy are you in need of? Right. And are you storing are you storing more than you're using? But with kids, this is a problem too because we have an epidemic where kids are in a situation where they're larger than they've ever been mm-hmm. as a whole. Like you go to school and you're like, there's more overweight kids now than there are kids at, well, their, normal kids. at their normal weight. Right, at, and that's absolutely true. There's, there are so many overweight kids, and, and we've talked about this before. Type 2 diabetes is now... Um, a huge problem for kids. Type 1 uh, diabetes is going up. And, and a lot of people will say, well, type 1, that's not their fault. Well, there's something going on there where uh, type 1 is increasing. And it, it isn't some type of autoimmune disease. You're, the, you know, the, the beta cells in your uh, pancreas die. But why? Right. So, and, and there's different reasons for that. We don't really know. No, we don't um, know. But, you know, it, with any kid, if you're, if you're looking at, like, how do I get my kid off of sugar... You ask yourself first, where is it coming from? Because unless they're 16 driving to the store by themselves to pick it up on their own, what are you putting in your house that's available for them? And this is where it gets hard because there's going to be nights where there's crying. There's Mm going to be nights where they're not going to eat, where they're going to be frustrated. You're going to be frustrated. But it's just like when an adult goes through the keto flu and you feel kind of well, you feel like you got the flu. You feel crappy, you feel little, cranky, yeah, run down, and tired, low energy, and tired, and you don't want to do anything, or you feel kind of snappy in your attitude. <laughs> Kids go through that too, so it's going to be a time where is this the ideal time of year to make that commitment? Ah, it's hard. <laughs> You're making dumb. it harder for yourself right now, but do what you can at this time. I, you know, I already had people saying I need to start right now, and I'm like, 
okay, let's <laughs> let's think it through. The, the people that contact us right before Thanksgiving and say they need to get on the keto diet right now. I'm well, like, are you not going anywhere on Thursday? <laughs> well, I was like, wow, you picked the hardest part of the year to do that because it's hard for us. I mean, we plan well and we get through it great, but if you're not experienced at it and you go unprepared to a family event, you're, you're going to... It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. And then if you're trying to enforce that on your children oh, yeah. during Christmas or anything like that, it's also going to be difficult. So, you know, do... There, there are some things you can obviously do with the food, being prepared, make a keto dessert, things like that. Keto food is delicious. Mm-hmm. And it's just making that commitment to suffer a little bit with your child when they go through this adaptation period. And it's not easy. No one should tell you that it is. And if they do, they're lying. They are. And you have to be strong as a parent. It's going to be hard, but... Uh, the end result is totally worth it. You have to be strong for your children, um, and you're the one that's going to have to, you know, do that for them because uh, no one else is going to do it for them. Their children are not rational; they don't have a logical brain. They're not going to go, "Oh, oh, thank you, mommy. Sugar is bad for me. I shall stop consuming it." That's not no. going to happen. We found out they don't have they don't have fully developed brains until they're <laughs> they at least twenty five. We've got don't. five kids. We yeah, know. We know. <laughs> So uh, just know that you're going to have to make those decisions for your kid. They're not going to make them for themselves. That's just not going to be the way it works. No. Um, so that covers a lot. I know. I know. We tried to get into the uh, the nutrient bioavailability and just kind of got yeah cut sideways with that. I did. We did go sideways with that. But it here's the here's the real thing: animal proteins and real healthy fats. Real fats contain the most nutrients that are bioavailable. Plant matter contains nutrients much more difficult for your body to break down, utilize, and absorb. Just even with something like as simple as zinc. Zinc in plant matter is much more difficult for your body to absorb and utilize than it is from beef, egg yolks, oysters, and other animal products. So when in doubt, eat animal protein and animal fats and good, really it's all the animal fats. Coconut oil, yeah, you know, if you want to, but butter, lard, tallow, chicken fat, all those things, awesome. Yep. So Duck fat. Anyone that tries to tell you that a plant-based diet is healthier for you is just wrong. They are. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, that wraps up this uh, post-apocalypse Thanksgiving week. Um, We're We're still alive. We're still alive, and uh, we're going to roll into December, and hopefully all you guys have a plan for that. Yep, and if you don't, you can contact us and we'll help you form one. Yep, so uh, go out there, have fun, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tasco Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.